Hello listeners, welcome to Explore FI Canada, where we sit at the round table with Canadians and share their thoughts, ideas and personal journeys to financial independence. Thanks to Matt McKeever for sponsoring Explore FI Canada. Matt is a Canadian investor, CPA, entrepreneur and real estate expert who achieved fire at age 31. Do us a favor and check out his YouTube channel by searching Matt McKeever or using the link in our show notes. Here we are again, Chrissy. Happy New Year again. This is Explorify Canada, Money Mechanic with you. I'm excited to be here in this new year with you and our special guest today. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. Chris was briefly on the show for one of the early roundtables, but we haven't had a chance to sit down and really explore uh, his story and, and what's going on with him today. So without further ado, we'll let him tell his own story. Chris Istash, welcome to Explorify Canada. The Mindful Explorer is finally here. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, it has been longer overdue. We've been chatting about it for a bit and uh, finally here to chat about... Uh, well, how I fell into this whole world of uh, uh, financial independence or FIRE, whichever way you want to look at it, I think it's just kind of living smart as overall and just being mindful of how we spend our money. So that's kind of where that term for my website came. But uh, yeah, I've definitely been enjoying what you guys have been doing and the diversity of topics that uh, you talk about. And yeah, the last time I got to get on there was fun. And I got to chat on at the same time with uh, Court. She's rocks. We were actually texting back and forth while I was just walking the dog. So you're uniting people everywhere. <laughs> I forgot you were on the show previously in a roundup with uh, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I guess the two of us weren't there, and that's why it slipped my mind. But it was the playing with fire review, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it was. A, that was a fun one. So I had a good time. So it was definitely uh, nice to come back on here with you guys. Yeah, it seems like we're doing catch up with our guests now. The last one was Shida, <laughs> where she's been on a couple of episodes, but didn't have her own interview. So now it's your turn. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, no, definitely happy to be here. So. Yeah, no, this is, uh, for myself, this whole journey has actually been a really long time. Um, you referenced my blog there earlier, Mindful Explorer, but that uh, it's evolved. So if somebody was to jump onto my website right now, they're like, what the heck is all this? It's uh, all gear reviews and tourism work and photography and backpacking and biking and all these things. It's like, where's the personal finance? Well, that started back in 2013 on the blog because I've been, I kind of went in the deep end all the way back in starting in 2012. Wow. As when I discovered all of uh, Mr. Money Mustache and, you know, stumbling across books. Uh, I, it's, it's weird. So the, the way the mindfulness comes in too is that I stumbled across Mr. Money Mustache blog, a little bit of personal finance stuff. And then like uh, the Dalai Lama's book, uh, The Path to a Meaningful Life, kind of huh. all at the same time, it was just like this big total shift in life and like how you look at everything. And as it goes with most of your guests who said, and, you, and even yourselves, when you discover this new way of life, and myself, I added the mindfulness to it, you go all in and it's just like, mm -hmm. there's you're so excited and it's just all in. And yeah, so 2012 is where it all started. And you look at, we're already here, uh, you know, we're, she's eight, eight years, seven years later. And uh, yeah, it's been an amazing, amazing journey to get here. Um, yeah. So you need to tell us more about where you came from, because that to me was so striking that 
how you changed your life completely around from where you were. Like that, I think, is a huge part of your story. And I, I'd love for you to share that with our audience. Yeah, well, right now, uh, as with yourselves, I'm on the, the West Coast sitting here in a, was it, sunny plus 10 day in the beautiful West Coast of BC. Shh, shh, we don't tell everybody that. <laughs> oh, but it, it rained all the time. I got like yeah. 15 minutes of sunshine. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's sunny across Canada this week. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no. So I'm out here now. And, you know, how, how did I get here? Well, I was living in Saskatchewan, uh, working in the oil and gas industry, head down, you know, just in that routine, you know, go to work, make work crazy amounts of hours nonstop, and uh, just keep spending everything and you know, make a big income. So it means I need to have the big house and the, the big, all the brand new trucks every year and the RV and all the dirt bikes and having just tons of stuff and I had to get the new laptop and then the new flat screen every year. And, you know, I had a little bit of savings, but it was embarrassingly low uh, for the amount of years I had been working hard and working myself up the ladder to, um, you know, operations management and technical sales in the oil industry. Um, my wife and I, we still had a, we had a small business at the same time. I was a, a city councillor. Uh, I was just in hands in everything and just go, 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 go. And it was just kind of like where you just get in that, uh, that rat race and mm -hmm. not reflecting on what you're doing. You know, I was happy, but just as soon as I discovered, you know, that the first bit of the Mr. Money Mustache and then reading, you know, finding some personal finance books, I'd be sitting on oil field locations and I usually have like two hours to kill. And I started reading and going, holy cow. And, you know, start reflecting on what you're doing. And then you're like, well, why am I scrambling paycheck to paycheck? Uh, and then, you know, from the, the mind side looking it's like you know at the same time was you know when you if you aren't working so much you're calmer you're more relaxed uh, you're you're happier you're and you'll find out what actually is really important um, when you put the two together what what the key things in life are so I started working towards that and then it ended up being a trip out to the west coast and we drove and making that drive just started you know my wife and I talking and thinking about where we were at and just realized that uh, we need to change this path right now. We figured we wanted a fresh change for the kids and for ourselves. And uh, it's kind of funny. I jumped on the Money Mustache forums, like I said, 2013. I, and I even saved the private message. I talked to somebody about making the move out here to BC and asking what it's like and doing all my research. And, uh, you know, we talk about personal finance. Geo-arbitrage is a familiar word to some people. Uh, where I was at the time, the economy was high and the housing here was a little bit less than it is now. So, you know, I was looking at that and places that made sense for our family where I could move from that uh, mindset of big money, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and, uh, you know, kind of the things you have and the, the appearances. And I wanted to break that and give uh, our family a fresh start and then my kids a fresh start and a new perspective as well. So right from that summer, so that would have been the summer of 2013, uh, it was just one trip out here. And we actually didn't even come to Vancouver Island where I am now. Within two months of deciding, we 
uh, sold a Lister house, sold it. I flew out here, bought a house by myself and was just texting my wife back and forth on Google Earth. And she was looking at Street View and said, yeah, that one looks good. Go ahead. <laughs> my wow. family had never even been to Vancouver Island. We just made the decision. Are we you were... serious? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Crazy. Yeah, I flew out and, and we had only ever been to Vancouver Island once, but I then the kids had never been here. So we just decided we were going to do it. And uh all in. And uh, and I had a good foundation with all the books I, I had been reading, um, you know, Your Money or Your Life being one. Uh, just as I was making the move, I really, I'm still a big fan. I'm not there yet because, of course, I have to be considered or the rest of my family. But ERE, uh, Jacob uh, Jacob Fisk, Fisker, uh, yeah. ERE, that honestly is one of my favorite books. That's early retirement extreme for the yeah. listeners. Yeah. And he was actually kind of before uh, mm-hmm. MMM. Mm-hmm. And I gave that book away because I, you know, trying to get people on the same path as us. So I actually gave that book away already after I read it like twice. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we made the move all the way out here. So we decided in August and by December 15th of 2013, we were living on the West Coast. We sold absolutely everything, sold pretty much all the furniture in our house, <sighs> sold our house there, moved out here, bought way less than I needed, put as much as I could down on the, the mortgage. We still had a RV and a big trailer that we pulled our dirt bikes because we raced the whole family. So we all had dirt bikes. We had brand new trucks. Like we sold absolutely everything. Got to the island, realized I didn't need a new vehicle, sold that, bought an old SUV, downgraded everything, and then didn't replace anything out here. You know, through wow. the path, when you start finding that balance of uh, knowing work and what what's important and kind of... And definitely, I know it's not everybody can, but discovering the outdoors as well. The outdoors is free. So that helped, you know, finding different things that you enjoy that don't have that big price tag with them. Uh, So that was uh, a key thing. And then I was very fortunate. I was dead set on making the move and was going to make it work no matter what financially. But I worked out with my employer I was with that they valued me enough as an employee that they actually let me work remotely for three years. Wow. So were you were you FI when you moved to the no, island? No, no. I was wow. just gonna just gonna make it worth it. We also the other thing when personal finance we talk about is if you have a low expenses and you you don't need to make as much. So I was going to take whatever job I could find. I was in, I was finally at a point that you don't need to worry about your status of your job is what defines you. So I would, you know, I looked around and there were things if I needed it. I did a little bit of looking, you know, from everything, from working at a motorbike shop to a car dealership to wherever. I was just going to do whatever, just to enjoy working. And But uh, of course, I mean, it made sense to work out something with my existing employer at the time. And I'd been with them for, geez, nearly 10 years and they valued my work. So yeah, three years of working remotely. So over those three years that I stayed with them, so I eventually left work in 2017, uh, was May 31st, 2017. So it's been quite a while Mm -hmm. now since I've had a job, a traditional uh, job in that sense. So during that whole time, we didn't buy 
anything. Every single dime I had went into savings. And when we sold wow. the dirt bikes, that went into my RSP. When we sold the motorhome, that went into my RSP. When we sold the new truck, that went into the RSP. Just changing my new truck to my our used vehicle, I saved $800 a month. You know, When you're making wow. good money, you're like, oh, it's only $800 a month. Who cares? Well, holy cow, you know, that adds up once you get insurance and maintenance. That's $10,000 a year into your RSP. And then the kickback on that that you're going to get on your tax return that you can put the next year into your RSP. It just everything compounds and benefits. So everything we could sell, we did. And that went straight into their retirement accounts. So I want to ask you something that I'm sure our listeners are now wondering. This sounds like a lot of not fun for your family. <laughs> like, sure, you're into it. But how did your family feel to be completely uprooted? And how old were your kids at this time? Because weren't they teenagers? My wife and I have been together since, uh, I'll say I'm, I'm 46. Uh, my wife and I have been together since grade 10. Wow. Uh, so we've gone everywhere and tried everything and not being afraid to move. We lived in southern Alberta. Uh, right out of high school, we moved to Medicine Hat lived there for a couple years and got a job when we jumped back to where I grew up in Brooks and that was cool and stayed there for a couple years and then I got a job opportunity all the way across into Saskatchewan. We went for it together and uh, we were ready to make those changes so we're always supportive of each other and just kind of in tune and she's like a rock star so I can only do these things because my wife is so amazing and uh, right totally in tune she's and I should say we've had this whole time too so actually the last 17 years have had small businesses we kind of own skate shop board shop you know that surf skate lifestyle thing we've always had those small little retail stores and that was her her thing I helped in the the back end with marketing and screwing around and having fun and getting to do the the cool part of it but she's the real brains behind it and she lets me do the thing with the personal finance but she's a genius when it comes to money she does all of our our bookkeeping and runs the businesses so she she understands the finance side and being smart and budgeting so she had 100% faith in me making the right decisions for the family that's amazing yeah and my kids they were apprehensive at first but and how old were they at that time when you made the big move and all these changes grade 6 and grade 8 Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're, they're getting to be stubborn time. teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. They were opposite. They were, uh, I think my son wasn't too keen on it. My daughter was like, oh, that sounds exciting. And then when we mm -hmm. got here, it was the other way. She was kind of wanting to go back. And my son was like, oh, my God, that's amazing here. But uh, <laughs> now they've, uh, they're in love with being out here and where they are. They're both graduated now. My son's uh heavy-duty mechanic, uh, took advantage of the BC Trades program. My daughter works full-time running our store. And, uh, you know, they're at home here and they feel like this is where they, they're meant to be. So we've actually really lucked out. Well, you know, being together, like that's the thing, as long as you've got your, you know, you... you well, in light of the situation in the world right now, we've got our bubble. And if you've got an awesome bubble, you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we kind of feel. The four of us, we're, we're happy together. And even though it sucks to not see friends and family as much, mm -hmm. it's it's nice when it's just the four of us, we're happy. So we can yeah. we can survive a little longer. Yeah, totally. So yeah, they've been gung-ho with us this whole time. I and mean, when we didn't do a lot of the fun stuff we used to do um we used to go down to california every year for motocross and stay there mm -hmm. for three weeks because we were living in the middle of uh 
Canada and frozen and can't ride our bikes. So we'd, that'd be our break in California. We're not doing that anymore, but we feel like where we are, we're on kind of on a holiday year round and found different things that we like. But uh, definitely it was a big shift as well that I was even able to save more by really a, employing those things of looking at where you're spending your money and what, uh, you know, that you don't need to waste monthly money on uh, no debt that was a big thing like i can't believe back in even 10 years ago you know i i was very lucky i worked hard i started at the bottom in the industry just driving truck and uh, worked my way up to high end technical and operations management and i was did very well but i can't believe that at times is like wow i can't pay off my credit card like that just mm -hmm. i can't look back at that now it's like oh you're such a fool but i think we've all been there and done that and uh, i'm trying to teach the kids that now and they're appreciative of not having debt so and disclaimer on that, I don't, I'm one of those people, I'm in the don't pay off the mortgage club, especially <laughs> with mortgage rates right now. Yeah. But outside of that is no debt and keeping everything low. Um, I'm that guy that has the 17 degrees on the thermostat and we don't have cable and we don't have TV um, or phone lines. I don't have collision insurance on my car because my vehicle is old and I don't have to pay that extra bit um, because I have enough in my retirement accounts and the kids are adults now. I don't have life insurance anymore so i'm not spending that per month there's a bunch of things you can do as the it keeps snowballing and compounding that you can really drive down your monthly living expenses and uh, it allows you that financial independence to make choices that just make you a little bit happier or take some stress out of your life or to even jump out there and be brave and try something new maybe you really just want to go work in a myself i love bikes i could go work in a bike shop or something or whatever it is that it that you enjoy you can you can take that opportunity for yourself yeah it sounds like you've really embraced the whole sort of mustachian mantra that you came across back in 2012 and and i've followed it through which I, I really support because I really got on board with it at the beginning, but I definitely can admit that I've slacked off. I've become a little more complacent. So kudos to you for keeping that strong with that mindfulness. And, and I get that from reading through your blog posts and things like yeah. that. It's, uh, it's a lot of dedication. Yeah. And so, and with that goes, you know, I got to that point where like, okay, I've got enough that, you know, oh, and I should fill in that one little blank too. So we did sell this, we just closed out the stores in Saskatchewan where we were. The economy kind of tapered off. So of course, you know, would have been amazing to have this big like nest egg from selling our businesses there, but that wasn't a reality. We just closed them and cut our losses. And, uh, but at the same time, we had opened a store here in this small town because there wasn't anything for the locals. And my wife uh, started that. She's the real entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit in the family and she got rocking with that and uh, that was always her her small income source um, definitely small businesses you don't get rich off them you just uh, the joke is you work uh, double the hours for half the pay as being a small <laughs> business owner so but yeah. it's one of those things if you love something it isn't about what you make um, so uh, so we still had that small bit of income coming in she made a little bit and what I figured out from my my fi number we were at that point in 2017 that i just you know i my mindset had shifted being from you know of course working with chrissy was it keen on was that oil and gas industry wasn't making the changes because of course living this way and changing my mindset and mindfulness on everything we do includes and in what you do for a profession is like what's the impact or what's the ethics and the morality and you know for me it was nature so i was like just a bit of the mindset and 
some parts of the oil industry weren't being appreciative of uh, the climate emergency you're in. So all those things were just kept compounding. So I, you know, I was able to like, okay, now's the time I need to step away from this and uh, take that leap. So I had enough to, from what my wife was making to what I'd be able to safely take out at 4% every year out of my savings would have got us by. But uh, again, another thing just kind of worked out when you have more time for yourself, you kind of find, uh, as they say, you're, my passion was photography and hiking and biking. And those are all the things I discovered out here. And those are my blog transition from talking about personal finance into just getting outdoors and hikes and all of that. So that started getting picked up on and people started catching on to my Instagram and my photography and my writing. So I started making a little bit of money doing that. And it's actually grown a bit now so that I only need to take about, I think I'm only taking about 1.5% out of my uh, retirement savings right now per what? year. Wow. Yeah. That's um, nothing. But it's it is nothing, but it's also because I've kept our cost of living so low. I just luck out. I don't know what it is. We just I can't even really explain it. I think we, you are mindful and that's yeah. what it is. You know, your story makes it sound like you gave up so much, but I know what your life looks like. Like mm-hmm. I follow you. I watch, yeah. I see your Instagram and yeah. you live a very full life. It's a very fulfilling life and you're everywhere and yeah. you're having fun and you're enjoying good food, good drinks. Yeah. You're not depriving yourself at all. Yeah, no, I'm definitely very, very fortunate. Every single day, I'm, that's the big thing is reflecting on how lucky we've been. And, and again, I need to stress on the part of really look at, you don't need to deprive yourself, but really look at what you're spending per month and where you're getting the highest return on that time for. It's like, you know, I just couldn't, like even just a vehicle is such a simple one to me. It's like $400 a month. I mean, goodness, that you know, that money, there's like the most expensive bike you could buy if you took that in one year mm-hmm. and then you've got that bike and that bike will last you for five years and you're going to go ride every day. And now because you're riding your bike, you're not spending money on gas and maybe you don't need that other vehicle. You know, just all these things compound when you really reflect on where you're putting your time and your resources and your money. So all of that shift and looking at uh, the appreciation of the outdoors turned into uh, where my blog now actually generates a bit of revenue and I write for some other people and do tourism work. I, who would ever thought I was, you know, this guy were doing big electric motors and uh, technical sales in the oil industry. And now I go out and do tourism writing on, you know, how to go mountain biking in Revelstoke or going to Medicine Hat and how to spend time out there. Or I was up in Hinton in Grand Prairie this year doing different little tourism projects and talking about, you know, what do you do when you go to places and then sold a few photos and did some other gear reviews this year. I would have never thought that was possible, but it's because now I could do it. And that not, might not be for everybody. As I mentioned, there might be something that you're really good at and it's like, oh, I can make a little bit of it. So that's been, been, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't be more thankful for those opportunities that people have, have given me. And if I don't make anything, that's that's fine. It just helps, again, to buffer my uh, my savings. And that's the, a big thing. So I know you've touched on other interviews is I was a person that wasn't afraid of lean FI. With my mindfulness, of course, uh, that's meant from a lot of the Buddhist beliefs and reading, but I've a lot of stoic readings. And uh, with that, knowing that, like, we're our lives are finite 
that isn't a depressing thing. It's just knowing that we need to take advantage of it now. And we need to reflect on how we're reacting to every single day. And it's like, okay, what should I be doing today? And I just knew that my time's running out and I'm just going to try it. There's the worst, I think the worst failure is you just go back to work. Like how, how's that, a, how's that even a failure? It's like, <laughs> I just, you know, so I'm coming up on four years now since I left work and there's, there's been some tough things in and out of there. I, I look and it's like, wow, like I'm not even making in a year what I was paying in taxes. And it's like, wow, holy cow. And then other things too. So, you know, that even that first year or that second year, like you do especially if you've made yourself up a little bit higher in a company or people really looked at you for your um, your expertise or you re- respected in your field, you do have a bit of identity that, to that. And that is a bit hard. So there was days, you know, I'm walking and I laugh. Everybody's like, oh, there's Chris and his dogs. Yeah, there's their routine every day. They do this loop <laughs> and then they do that loop and I'm, you know, drinking my coffee and relaxing. And it's like, but then I'm like, oh, now I'm just like, you know, I was somebody, but uh you know, it's like I was this, I flew out here to do this and I went to there and I put on these big mes- meetings and presentations and now I'm just walking my nose. So there is a bit of identity and, you know, to say that you're like, oh, you know, it's like people like, oh, he's just some guy and he's driving a beater. And you're like, but no, I'm I'm somebody, I, you know, I'm, I'm, or, you know, it's, so it is weird. You do get caught in that and then you just have to mm-hmm. step back and reflect on it. And yeah. Do you reveal your FI journey and your blogging identity or any of that? Do you reveal that to people in real life who you see just on a day-to-day basis? I'll talk to anybody about it and I've shared Mm -hmm. it and my stuff's on the blog and I'll talk to anybody that asks about it. I really, my blog was more about the journey. Uh, I did, Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, the, uh, isn't like Court and Nick's like modern family, you know, it's all the details are all there. Mine was never about that. Mine was all about more of a, a the the emotional side, the mindset side, um, reflecting on life and what you value. Uh, so I didn't really always put that stuff out. But as me, as somebody, my name, Chris, Chris is everywhere. I don't hide anything from anybody. <laughs> so because I just want to help people with anything that they need help with. Um, and again, that's the mindful explorers exploring how you live your life, exploring how you make money, exploring how you look towards personal finance or exploring a mountain bike trail. It's that's mindful on every aspect of your life. You can just take that formula and apply it to everything. I think that's a really big distinction here too, is that too many people get wrapped up when they find out about fire. They just get wrapped up on the money side of it. They just see that, okay, if I start saving 70% or 50%, you know, if I start investing, if I do all this money related stuff, then in five years or 10 years or whatever their number is, then I'm going to be happy. But the focus needs to shift to the whole psychology side of it too, because that I think is a bigger part of this journey. And I think you encapsulate that well with the mindfulness because too many of us don't reflect on that and, and what it's going to look like down the road and what choices we're going to make to find that, that value and that happiness. Definitely. So it's just a, uh not worry too much. Uh, I mean, we have to take things seriously and we need to make sure we have a roof over our head and food on our table. And there's so many things that are, it seems to be conspiring against us. Uh, There's the consumerism of housing where housing now has become a commodity and it's so expensive for people to live now, which I'm an advocate against. Uh, I don't, I really, 
No, even <laughs> we did some online chatting back and forth on Twitter. I'm still torn on the commodification of rentals and being part of how it's used in the FI side. I'm really yeah. eth ethically, yeah. I'm actually a bit against that because that's that mindfulness side of me going into it, going like, uh, you know, commodification of things that should be just a their necessity and a basic. Uh, needs that with being shelter and how the stock market and the whole mindset in North America is pulled away. Like there are those those struggles and things that I look at it, what we're doing. And even with my investments in, um, I'm a, a Canadian couch potato, being that we're north of the border here, we are Explore FI Canada. So I follow yeah. the, the couch potato from Formula and my, it's, you know, index vesting. And it's like, well, you know, well, I think you and I have chatted. Is looking at ESGs and starting to change my where I'm putting money in. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What your thoughts I, are? And on I that. Have you made some changes? I yeah. haven't yet, and it's you know, and that's the same thing. You get in these little bit of these moral dilemmas or ethical dilemmas. Is like, well, okay, well, I need to actually do what I'm talking about or reflect on myself uh, on those things. Um, so there's those thoughts in there as well. Um, so it makes the makes the decisions harder and uh, how you're going at it, but yeah, it certainly does. I can relate exactly to what you went through uh, when you decided to leave your career because I have some moral dilemma with my own career. You know, when I when I started 20 years ago, it wasn't with any thoughts that my particular skill set would have really any impacts on the environment. But of course, any kind of industry that is involved in, you know, construction or oil and gas or logging or things like that does have some impacts. And even though I don't directly control or have any of those impacts, it kind of weighs on me psychologically. And I am ready for that day when I can finally go, all right, I think I'm close enough to FI that I can, I can walk away from that and sort of apply my talents and skills to, to meaningful tasks. Not that I don't find those things to do in the meantime while I get there and I kind of feel like you know it's like a little bit of a balance or a little bit of an offset but uh, it's definitely a struggle and I bet there's listeners out there that are in jobs or in industries that they may not 100% agree with and that's okay I don't know if you can do you think that yours was a means to the end would you do it again that way or you know with with now what you've learned from being in that business and then now the way you live your life, would you say, no, I'm going to do it different from the beginning? I, I struggle with that. I think I would do it the same way I did. I've had great experiences. I've traveled. I don't have any regrets. What do you think, Chris? I would say I'm, I'm on the same path as you. I I think I made good decisions in my life and made choices and we did the right things. It was just how I, I always spent that money, money. You just get yeah. in there and you're just getting that big consumer cycle. And, you know, I, how I mentioned earlier, we have a, a retail store. You know, I'm even in that little conundrum. I'm asked, so I keep pushing. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, I don't like to push things on people. It's like, you, I want you to buy something that's of quality that you're going to use, you're going to appreciate, and you're going to keep. Don't buy it just because you feel an impulse in it. So I think I can be a, a, can be a mindful retailer as well. Somebody <laughs> who's in that consumption cycle and I've had that discussion with other friends online and it's like oh how can how can I be doing this but you know people will always need things it's just you know don't fill your closet wall to wall I'm even though I have a you know I sell clothing I've got 
two pairs of pants I keep. I stick to that thing where it's like I can wear the same pair of black jeans all year long, silly stuff like that. But, uh, you know, reflecting, you know, make sure we're doing the right things and we're, we're doing them for ourselves and not for other people and not for opinion and status. Um, but my whole path that we've been on, I wouldn't change it. I would just would have been smart right from the get-go. Like the biggest thing looking back out of all of it that I kick myself in is like, holy cow, why did I miss out on all those be years of matching <laughs> RSP those matching those company matched RSPs and stuff yeah. and I'm like oh my god you you <laughs> fool what are you doing so yeah. you know looking back to the whole thing that's the only thing I really missed out on and uh, just keeping things longer and it always it was like oh two-year flip a lease two-year flip a lease on a those simple things and yeah. I think we've all been mm-hmm. guilty of that fortunately mm-hmm. I never did but we never did buy more house than we ever needed and we resisted that we were really good that way I guess vehicles and accessories on vehicles and stuff like that was my crux or you know my weakness I guess so and I look back at that now and I've had the same vehicle as soon as we moved here I've had the same vehicle now for seven years it's 260,000 k on it still treats me great I don't own a dime on it it's a hundred dollars a month insurance no collision it's scratched up and love it and don't care about it hey money mechanic you use passive right how do you like it it's great it's like my own personalized robo advisor I set it up one time then passive helps keep my portfolio balanced by securely connecting to Questrade. Wow, sounds like Passive saves you a lot of time. Yeah, no more spreadsheets. And Passive even has one-click purchasing, which makes life so much easier. That sounds amazing. I also heard that Passive added a new goal feature to help DIY investors reach their investment targets. That's right. The goal feature is built right in and helps you stay on track with your investments. Chrissy, did you know that Passive is free for Questrade clients? free is good, especially when it normally costs $99. How can our listeners get in on this offer? Just go to passive.com forward slash ethic. That's passive with no E dot com forward slash EFIC. One of the other things I think too is making that big sort of shift in sort of, I think it's attitude as well and thinking about being totally accepting of, you know, what you have and being happy for what you have and you know, like you said, I just kind of laughed myself there when you said you had only a few pairs of pants because I'm the exact same way. <laughs> like you're the an outdoor gear guy, so you understand cool brand clothing, right? K U H L, right? Well, the the pant that they have, the revolver, okay, it fits me perfectly and is the perfect fit. I can wear it for work. And I can wear it at home, and it's like my everyday pant. It's super comfortable. They're not cheap, though, but I only own three pairs, and that's it. Yeah. Like, two of them go to work with me. I have one pair that I don't wear. It's like the maybe I have to go out and put on my better <laughs> all-round pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I'd rather have three pairs of pants that I know are super durable. They, they last me years. And it saves a lot of mental bandwidth, too, in mm-hmm. the way I think of things. Is mm-hmm. If you keep your life simple and tight and you the things you own bring you value or they they do the job that you ask them to do it saves you a lot of time having to make decisions or or think about should i use that should i use this um yeah i i find that helps my mindfulness you know it opens me up to have time to do other things that i enjoy totally, doing totally yeah no so it's yeah reflecting on that and uh, the one thing i want to like my stress to people is don't be afraid of shooting for lean fi just go for it try it out and see where you're at. Uh, go for a year and then and test the waters too. You'll find that you 
you're ready for it. You're like, you know what? You're somebody who needs structure and doesn't mind. And you, you like that, you know, depending, some places are really good work for having, uh, having that community feel or that's your that's your group and you go there and that's your social structure and your you know how you do well so you know the, the things that you once you get out of the bubble and you're on the outside looking back in once you're you know you don't have to stay that uh, retired side because even if you are shooting for you know you say for fire you're not retired. I don't like that word, um, especially it's been what I've found since I've left work. I'm Right now I'm on three board of directors because I have the time to do work for the community and work for the local trail society, the local business association, um, some political stuff. I've had the time to start investing in my community. And I've actually through all that my mindfulness work is learning how to say no because now I had time and I was terrible for saying yes. A little bit is, uh, you know, there was that selfish side is by saying yes, you get a bit of recognition, people, you know, the praise and like, mm-hmm. oh, awesome, thanks for doing that. Or you want your name or maybe by saying yes, you were still trying to feel relevant because now you weren't in a job. Uh, so there's a bit of that mixed in there, but definitely you're going to fill your time, be it that you turn into a master gardener or, you know, now it's like, I never had time for a dog all these years working and I'm home all the time and I can have a dog and we can go trail running together. You know, we had that, you wanted to go you're kayaking every single day or canoeing or wherever it is that's in your region, whatever the outdoor sport is, or now you're a painter. Like there's so much stuff that's possible or you just wanted to go have a, a part-time job. Like that doesn't mean you're not retired. Like my goodness, if you went and worked one day a week and you're not working to work, you're working to, to just keep those social bonds or being a part of your community or meet new people, go for it. Don't, there's no, you know, we keep trying to fit into all these little boxes and cubes that we're supposed to fit perfectly. But I think just being very organic and and open to whatever comes each day, don't worry about your past and, you know, even for us that have everything dialed to a T and spreadsheets and everything figured out, you have no control over tomorrow. No matter, take the arrogance and this thought that you have that control over tomorrow, get rid of it. You could get crushed by a semi tomorrow. Make the decision today. Go for it. Uh, life is finite. We just really need to understand that and make the most of it that you can. I'm going to get reflective on... A lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of people suffering out there right now and trying to, you know, this is, uh, I'm very fortunate to be able to speak like that, but I want to be knowing that the way society is right now, a lot of people can't make those decisions. And then, you know, if we can be do any part and maybe through FI, I'm able to help other people make good choices mm-hmm. down the road and get themselves ahead or move, change their social position. But just, you know, the, in today, just look at what you can do. Yeah, that's how I feel about FI as well, that it frees us, but then that's what frees us to then help other people and lift other people up and hopefully bring them to a place where they're more financially secure and can experience some freedom in their lives, even if it's just something small, like being able to work one day less per week or something like that, where it gives them that extra bit of freedom to reset their mind or have more time with their kids. But each incremental step you take towards FI is huge and it brings so much peace and happiness with it. Oh, completely. Yeah. And, you know, the money doesn't create happiness, but being able to 
take negative or bad energy out of your life is where you're going to find that space mm-hmm. for happiness. And knowing that we every day that you know it, it's just a matter of one decision that moves you from that life is a just a balance between negative and positive energy and and it's there's going to be days that suck and days that are good it's just trying to make those right decisions to keep that though that those scales level each day uh, and i think the financial independence allows you to more time and stress out of your life to to keep it tipped possibly a little bit more towards the positive side yeah it's that that's that time factor isn't it if if you can fit in you know i was very fortunate today that uh you know, my wife's working from home. I'm not at work. And uh, it, like you said, it was a beautiful day. So we spent an hour walking the dogs. And uh, just being able to do that and the privilege of being able to do that is, is wonderful. And it, she was stressed because she's been on, you know, the constant Zoom meeting production when you're working from home and getting outside, getting some fresh air and getting that balance back is, like you said, it's invaluable. And I noticed that with a lot of your content now, I am so amazed at some of the places you were traveling around uh, the island here. You talked uh, about a big trip you did a couple of years ago, I think it was, through Strathcona by yourself. And uh, I think that's pretty interesting how you've really sort of embraced that uh, adventure alone spirit to help with that whole sort of mindfulness side that we're talking about here. I think a lot of people are, um, you know, and listening to some of the stuff I, you know, I listen to lots of podcasts and listening is like not being afraid to have that dialogue with ourselves. Sometimes we're not willing to take the leap into financial independence or looking at that retiring early because we don't want to be alone with ourselves to have that inner dialogue. And uh, as soon as you can get out there and ride a bike or hike or be by yourself for an entire day and no cell signal and no one around with you, I know that's not everybody's cup of tea being in the mountains by themselves, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, but it's pretty incredible that uh, the arguments you get in with yourself and uh, the revelations and you know, I've come back from hikes and chatted with the wife and I'm like, I remember there's, I can't remember what it was, but there was one time it stuck out and I came back and I'm like, wow, like you told me something last week. And I kind of went, well, why did you make that decision? I went on a way on a hike and came back and I'm like, oh, I totally clued in why you did that. I didn't even <laughs> listen to you. You know, those little things you get just, uh, step back so even if it is right now with someone trying to make that decision on their their path for their finances just kind of even if you could squirrel away you know eight hours in one day leave the cell phone at home just go for a walk in the park or just go hang out at the beach whatever it is and just alone with your own mind pretty amazing what you can you know strip away everything on and realize from yourself um you know that was i love the outdoors but it's allowed that opportunity to go you know are you doing the right thing yeah i just want to get a little more actionable for our listeners because you're one of our few guests who is already at fi and has been for a while now what was that transition like to this new identity without work did you do some work before that on transitioning or did you just take it as it came and do you have any advice to make it a little less bumpy for our listeners uh that's a tough one well the hardest part i touched on a little bit earlier there was is that you know making sure that you have a an identity outside of your work that's that's the tough one so having something you know do you have something you kind of like that for that first little bit that can occupy yourself so you just don't feel lost and having you know having your family and everybody there with you for that Um, definitely like for myself it was an instant off I went from a life of 
having to answer emails and phone calls 24 7 365 there was never a day off and then finally it's like wow like I can leave my phone at home for a day. So you do feel a little bit lost, but in a way, just have something. I think that's been said quite a few times to different people, but uh, I would have been content uh, going on on my own. But uh, one part that's helped it is still engaged. Uh, I'm still, every single day, I'm on the MMM forums. I live in those forums and chatting Mm -hmm. with friends, and I've actually got a network of friends out here that are becoming in real life like we mountain bike together and we go on rides and visit and hang out and chat all the time of like a little support group so it's kind of like find your group and people you can still fall on to that people that have done it that you can chat with so if you get like three months into it you know do you have someone you can maybe a mentor or someone you can chat with so uh, we still talk and you know I keep had a little journal and so I don't talk on my blog but else out where I was talking about you know how much did I spend this month how am I doing you know I still track all that that's that's fun to me we all have fun on the the journey of building our expenses and uh, our savings and tracking all that I still do that four years later and uh, it's kind of that maybe that little OCD side or that uh, (laughs) overachieving side is like I always want to do some so I keep track of how much I'm saving every month and am I you know can I start bringing down my monthly expense averages and have fun with it and try and find little challenges for yourself. You know, like I know, Chrissy, you and I had like last Christmas had a really good time and doing with the zero plastic challenges in your life. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird when you look at little challenges like that, you actually end up like, oh, wow, I'm starting to save money because I'm buying differently or, you know, just have fun little optimizations in your life and make them fun through the journey too. So just, you know, it's like, can I go a week without driving? Or the next month is like, I'm going to ride my bike. I'll drive, but I'm only going to drive to get groceries because it's far away. Or um, we normally make this, buy this thing every two weeks. Let's buy it once a month now. It's like, just make fun challenges and uh, get the family involved or have you know, each person in the family say, you know, each of us are going to pick a challenge that the family has to do together. Those type of things. So... Uh, if you're goal oriented, uh, which I think most people that if you fall into this world, yeah, you're you're a goal oriented person. So make it fun. So you mentioned earlier in the episode that you're shaving it down to one and a half percent, which is fantastic for your uh, safe withdrawal. I think that's super safe withdrawal, which is nice to have a little supplementation. Just as a general sort of look at uh, your portfolio, you've probably got some RSPs, the TFSA, and probably some marginal account. What does drawdown look like for you? Do you break out a year's worth of expenses? Is it uh, does it shift and fluctuate? Can you just give us a sort of a strategy that you use for that? Well, as I touched on earlier, I'm very fortunate that I'm making. You know, we could use the term side hustle, but you know, it's I guess it's a job. You know, I make money off my freelance writing and photography, so there's a little bit, little bit coming in there. So I'm able to not touch as much of my savings. So with my index funds, uh, the one account I have is uh, XAW. It's the world index and they only pay that one out every six months. So what I've been doing is, uh, I take in Canada if you keep it under $5,000, you get uh, lower tax takeout. So right now I've only just been doing every January and every 
July because of the biannual uh, dividend deposit. And I've only been pulling out my dividends. Um, so, so far, um, because I'm doing well that others, I'm just taking out twice a year and I'm only touching the dividends right now. I haven't touched any um, actual stocks. So that's been helpful there uh, on that. So is that coming out of an RSP account? Yeah, I'm drawing down my RSP first yeah, right okay. now. Um, that's that's what I figured. That's my plan to yeah, do as yeah. well. I mean, when you're in the lowest lowest earning or lowest tax bracket, that's the ideal time to start doing it. Yeah, as I say, I've kept my monthly expenses extremely low. Everything in, like, happy to share this, I'm only spending $3,700 a month on average per month. And that's my mortgage included in my house insurance and my car insurance and groceries and dining out and... Uh, everything. Yeah, so it's really low. So, you know, if you can keep how much you need to spend every month, uh, you don't, again, you can take that out, but I don't feel like I'm missing anything. So right now is RSP only, and only I only want to take out the dividends out of that, leaving my TFSA alone. I've got some uh, other RSPs that were some stuff that I did Prior to learning about index funds, it's uh, um, they used to call it market exempt stuff. It's kind of like capital funds and stuff. Those ones I'm slowly, as I can pull them out, I've been pulling them out and moving them over to my RSP. But yeah, right now the whole plan is just keep drawing down my RSP. And um, my wife has got her RSP still. So when she's done working, if we need to, we'll be pulling on her dividends. So for right now, I'm just reinvesting her dividends. My TFSA, I just keep reinvesting those dividends. And then I do have a rental property. I bought that, geez, that would have been 2011 I bought. And I wouldn't have done that. That money would have been awesome in an RSP. And uh and that's just breaking even, uh, you know, they're your victim. You never know where an economy is going to do and where that uh, condo is, is the economy's dropped a bit. So that one, I just break even. So one day I'll, I'll sell that when the opportunity is there. Um, if I have a little bit that can move into my RSP is great. And then I don't count uh, down the road as well as 46. So if I, I'm planning to take early rate at 60. So in 15 years, because I worked so many years and did well. And then because I'm making a tiny bit of money right now, I'm still paying into CPP. You know, at 60, I'll be, be able to pull out a nice uh, Canada pension plan in there, but that's not factored into anything right now. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, you know, a lot of us overlook is we're, we're poor at predicting our future selves and our needs and, and what finances are going to be available for us. And, and I think we're also bad at recognizing how much things compound without us kind of noticing when you have uh, that money, especially sitting there reinvesting dividends and you're not drawing a whole bunch down from it. Yeah. And definitely, you know, from pulling the, the trigger here and being in that I'm not working, I watch everything. And then when the stocks just disappeared off the face of the earth in <laughs> February, but I'm looking at the numbers and right now I'm higher than it's ever been. And I've been pulling money yeah. out like I don't it does yeah. work like we the change I think I pulled up some numbers while I had it here and I think I and I haven't figured out because uh, I re, I do up my little spreadsheet and today would have been the day because I let mint do its thing because I track every my budget in mint and uh th so today would be the day I'd look at it and I think I'm back up probably 150 170 thousand dollars since the low point in March, which is crazy that it just went down that high. And then uh, now, and I have more now than I did at this time last year, but I've taken out two withdrawals. Yeah, that's fantastic. I and mean, that's just time in the market and, and sticking with your plan, right? 
Yeah, definitely. So it, it works. Um, it's all there and, uh, yeah, just keep at it is all I can do. So give yourself permission to be FI. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of what it sounds like. That's a little bit of what you did, right? You're like, you gave yourself permission to take a shot at being FI and you, you'd read ERE, you're okay with lean FI and you just wanted to let it play out. And I like, I agree with you. The worst thing that could happen is you have to go back to work full time. Exactly. And it could be just a definitely being that, you know, you still have a cushion there and you're only going back to work because you don't want to start chipping away at your main capital, your actual yeah. stocks. You could probably go back to a work job that, you know, you get to go to work, enjoy it. And when you're done, you leave work. It stays there. It's a no stress job. Uh, exactly. You know, it's just even if it was uh was I can't do the math quick enough here, but even if it was just a job that you only made a thousand dollars a month at, you know, that's twelve thousand dollars to be able to draw out twelve thousand dollars, that's a whole lot of money that you would need in your uh in your savings to be able to draw that much off. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't Yeah, you just twenty five X that and that's what you yeah. don't need to save anymore. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. do something seasonal or work one month like crazy hours, you know, work yourself to the bone for one month and then do nothing for a living. It's just, it's infinite now what yeah. we can do and what's available mm -hmm. out there. Well, that's why we talk about the 4% assumption, how <laughs> it can be very flexible. 4% is just kind of a, a baseline that you can start with. And there are so many factors where you can really take that down or um, not not really have to stick to it so strictly because there are so many options to cover yourself so that you're still in a safe zone. Yeah, exactly. Just so, you know, I get, and then that turns into being its own little challenges, like, oh, how much of that capital can I preserve and just make that last? And maybe hopefully one day I can loosen the, the strings, but I'm just at, <laughs> I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to little challenges, I think. <laughs> right on. Well, before we uh, end the call here with you, just let our listeners know again exactly what your blog is, where they can find you, and uh, if and when. You're still on social media. I know oh, yeah. you, you throw it away every once in a while. You do a little <laughs> detox, but I know you're around, so uh, let our listeners yeah. know where they can find you. Oh, I'm I'm pretty much everywhere, but yeah, my blog is it's, uh, chrisistash.com or it's just mindfulexplorer.ca. You can go to <laughs> Chrissy's blog and check every... You can click on my <laughs> name because I reply to almost every one of her posts <laughs> yes, or to quotes, of course, but uh, yeah, you can... Uh, yeah, mindfulexplorer.ca, and that's my blog. And on there, it links to my Facebook and my Twitter. Uh, my Instagram uh, is mostly lots of just fun outdoors that I post to my Instagram story every single day. It's not personal finance stuff, but uh, it's more about just getting out there and living life and mindfulness. So it's, it's that's my main best place to follow me definitely is on uh, Instagram and that's stasher underscore BC and stasher is a slang on my last name. Uh, you know, Istash is my name and then friends just started calling me stash and then became stasher. So that's where that came. And that's been since college in 1993. So that's why where that came from. That's so it's stasher underscore BC on Twitter and on Instagram and then uh, mindful explorer. Uh, it's Chris's dash mindful explorer on Facebook, but yeah, off my website, everything's linked there. If you dig way back in posts under lifestyle, you'll find a lot of the content I've written on uh, personal finance mindset, but it's more, isn't so much as your typical FI blog uh, content. Uh, I leave it to awesome people like you, and then I link to you guys in my articles. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, all of that will be in the show notes and uh, some of the articles that I reread from your blog will stick in the article because you did mention uh, the book by the Dalai Lama and, yeah. of course, Your Money or Your Life and yeah. things like that. So yeah. we'll make sure those are all in the notes. And, oh, Chrissy, you know what I was thinking as we were doing this dis- interview today? What's that? Chris is totally fine with keeping a mortgage in his uh, while he's AFI. And he, he's mentioned court a few times, and I know they were on show together, and she's very much against keeping mortgage. But <laughs> yes. funny enough, I read her post in December about her now accidentally having a rental house. So we need mm-hmm. to like, have a face-off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. yeah. And uh, she's quite the opposite with her withdrawals. I think she is super conservative because she's yeah she's worried about it not being enough and where chris is on the other side like ah give it a try yeah yeah Yeah. but uh but yeah i really i love reading her content but what she is though as well as what i'd said though she is organic with everything and and totally open to being to pivot and shift and move towards opportunities and to pull back when needed. And I think that's uh, her background in sports is that very analytical and analyzing every situation and being organic with it. Yeah, the post that I read most recently about uh, the accidental rental house was very numbers heavy, very analytical. And I can totally see what she's thinking about there and going through that. And I really appreciate that because I'm a pretty analytical person too. But uh, it just goes to show, you know, that this journey that uh, that we're all on towards financial independence has uh, lots of different sides to it. And it's it's everybody can choose their own path. There's no one way that's the right way. Yeah, cause, yeah there's, no, there's no right way. There's just your way. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Well, much appreciated. I'm glad we finally got this chance to sit and chat with you. It was great. And I hope our uh, listeners really enjoy your story. I think they'll get a lot of value out of it. Chrissy? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. I'm so glad you could finally come on. We've been trying to plan this for a while, but you're a busy guy. It's hard to pin you down. So <laughs> thanks for your finally coming on. Oh, uh, well, I'm back in a uh, taking it easy cycle. So you you, you caught me. <laughs> I, I, I'm... Uh, they say I'm an introvert, uh, but I'm very outgoing and I need to, you know, pull back into myself and sneak and hide into the forest to re-energize. So you've caught me <laughs> as I'm re-energizing and willing to uh, be on here and have a great time with you guys. Perfect. Well, thank you for sharing your story. I'm sure our listeners will be very inspired and motivated by it. Thanks for listening. If you've been getting value from our content, please support us in the following ways. One, leave us a review and subscribe in your favorite podcast player. Two, tell your friends and family about us. Three, use our referral links at exploreficanada.ca forward slash recommendations. All of our show notes can be found at exploreficanada.ca. You can also find us at our own blogs, ficarage.ca or eatsleepbreathefy.com. Today's episode was edited and mixed by Max Desmarais with episode transcripts provided by otter.ai.